We love the Queen's Magnet, and you can represent the brand for 2022 by applying to become a Queen of the Queen's Magnet. This photo contest model search is only $10 to enter, and the prizes are major. The top two receive an exclusive product photo shoot, includes hair and makeup, touch-ups, and wardrobe for these pictures, and they will be used for the website, social media, Etsy, Amazon, and all print-slash-digital marketing for 50-plus pageants that the Queen's Magnet sponsors. Receive any magnet of choice for Christmas, surprise gifts on your birthday, and start in a video for TikTok and YouTube, as well as taking over their Instagram for a day. Also, other modeling opportunities and to be presented with an award on stage at Miss Southeast Queen 2022 in Johnson City, Tennessee. The top 10 receive exclusive product photo shoots, which include wardrobes, photos to be used on the website, social media, and a free magnet of your choice. The most likes on Facebook's event page receives a free magnet, so there's plenty of chances to win big. The application closes January 31st, 2022, so apply now at thequeensmagnet.com. and welcome to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Samantha Anderson, Miss United States 2021. I'm here to talk with Casey about my crowning moment, which was super fun, but also my experiences as an elementary school teacher in the middle of a pandemic and a pilot. That is so awesome. So when were you crowned? Like, how long ago was that? About two months. So October, I want to say October 7th of 2021. Ah, so exciting. So what was like the prep work behind going to Miss United States? Like what, what did that look like from your point of view? I have actually stood on the Miss United States stage four times, once as a teen, as Miss Teen Arizona, once as Miss Vermont in 2018, once as Miss Virginia 2019. I made top 10 that year and I was pleased with my performance then. And then again in 2021 as Miss Arizona. I still have family and friends and property in Arizona. So I was able to compete under my home state even though I reside in Virginia at the moment. Um, so preparing for Miss United States was the way I would prepare for most pageants. So I worked with my trainer, Body by Craig. He's here in Roanoke, Salem area. Worked with him a couple times a week, working on physique and kitchen work. I worked with Ashley Volrath and her social by Ashley work with the Power of Pageantry workshop and how to get my social media ready and making sure that my platform was the thing that hit you in the face as soon as you saw my platform. Because in the event that the judges really loved me in my interview, but they couldn't find anything about me on social media, uh, that's really not leaving a good impression on them. So I wanted to make sure that my social media looked exactly like the way I look and the way I am and who I am. But also it was really obvious what I do and what I live for and what I love uh, to advocate for as a pageant girl. It was right there so the judges could see that and make sure that I was actually living out what I was saying that I was doing. I worked with Chloe Brown in the Chloe Reese uh, pageant coaching. She helped me with walking and some wardrobe things, as well as interview. So I worked with her to practice all of that stuff and get the paperwork done and everything. And for the most part, those are my three main, three or four main pillars for what I did to prepare for the pageant. But of course, there was a lot that just goes behind the scenes. You know, I have to get myself ready. I have to mentally prepare for the pageant. I had to send through Zoom calls. I had to get my paperwork done. I had to go and practice on my own in, as well as practicing with my coach. I had to batch a bunch of social media content. I had to figure out how I wanted to share what I wanted to share in a palatable way. And just so I had that information and um, that content to put on social media later on. 
So it was a lot of prep, but it wasn't anything that I haven't been already doing. I've been in pageantry for 10 years. And like I said, I've stood on the Miss United States stage four times. So the way that I prepare now is very similar as from the last pageant. So you just kind of, you realize that you're about three months out. All right, let's go. And then you about 60 days out. It looks a little bit different, but for the most part, the groundwork is there. And then one month out, you're really hitting go time for beginning your packing lists and that sort of thing. So it was, it was nothing that I haven't done before, but it was a little different, of course, because I went in to compete and I was really excited about it. And I was hopeful because I did feel like I had really prepared, but it was my year to win and I can't believe it. <laughs> that is so awesome. When I saw your pictures, I was like, dang, girl, like, you look amazing. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. I haven't been to the gym since I won, if we're being honest, because my current workout is running around like a chicken with a head cut off. And that's just because I've kept myself so daggum busy. <laughs> no, I that but that's awesome. Staying busy, especially with getting this new title. Like that's exactly what your year is going to look like is what it's starting to sound like. But that's good because then you're out there and you're doing things and, you know, promoting your organization. And I don't know if you had mentioned, do, do you have a specific platform or does your um, or does United States have a platform that their organization has behind them or? So my platform is women in aviation, uh, women in male-dominated fields, but specifically my por- my portion is aviation. My parents are both pilots. My godmother's a pilot. My uncle flew for a little while. Uh, my aunts and all of my other extra family friends are all pilots. And so I was basically born with wings. Um, I realized that that's a unique situation. Not everybody gets the opportunity to literally be born with wings and have parents who are flight instructors. So when I realized that that was a unique opportunity afforded to me, I started looking into how I could make it more accessible to others. And then I realized just how male dominated aviation is. I mean, that could be from air traffic controllers to flight engineers to, uh, oh my goodness, pilots, first officers, anything that has to do with aviation, really. And then I realized just how male dominated it is. And then I was like, well, why do we have such a discrepancy here? My mom's a pilot. She's a captain of the 47. How's it any different? And then I kind of started figuring out just how hard she had to fight to be taken seriously as a woman in aviation. So I thought, well, that's stupid. Let's do something about it, (laughs) frankly. And uh, so I did a lot of work with encouraging young women to consider a a field, a career in a male dominated field. And I've kind of stuck with it. And it's been a lot of fun to encourage them and plant seeds in young women. And hopefully that they'll continue to consider that career, but also in teenagers and college aged women who have already decided this is what they want to do. They just need to find the scholarship money to get their pilot's license. They need to rent a plane from somewhere. They need a mentor or something like that. And so I think part of my job is connecting them with somebody who is willing to stand by their side and be their mentor and write those letters of recommendation and help them maintain those scholarships all the way through because you can only do so much on your own and you definitely can. It's up to you to do what you want to do. But having somebody walk alongside you who's already done it has faced discrimination in in their workforce so that could come with a woman of minority or a man of minority or anything really but specifically these women who have already faced their discrimination in their field of choice and having somebody else who's already gone through that walk with them it can be really helpful absolutely that's so awesome though that you are out there and willing to help these people and i feel like pageants now have been more of like an avenue for networking and almost like a business plan when people bring their platform that has been like a huge conversation on this podcast for you know all of these episodes 
is bringing almost like a business plan to the table of like, here's what I can do and here's how I can do it. And here's how we can work together for this to be something even bigger than myself. And I feel like that's something that you're definitely doing. And that is so awesome because it's not, it is a very unique platform that not everyone has, you know, even thought of or been able to have the opportunity And with you out here promoting that platform, it may, you know, spark a lot of interest in a lot of people that didn't think that was something that was ever, you know, something that they could ever have been able to do in their entire lifetime. And I think that's awesome because those unique platforms like that really do stick with people. So when people, you know, bring up Miss United States, they're going to be like, oh, she's the one that has the aviation platform. Like that's something that does stick with people that you may not realize and you're making an impact on people all over the U.S. that you may not have even known before. It is really cool. I actually have had people in my building, like my front desk, I'll go and pick up a package or something. This was before they really got to know me. And they said, oh, you're the pilot, right? And I said, yeah, I, I am. That's awesome. How did you know? How did you recognize me? And then something came along in conversation. It was mentioned that they didn't really have a lot of details about me, but they were like, oh, yeah. Well, one thing I do remember is that she was a pilot. So it does. It sticks out for sure in people's minds. And the really cool thing I was able to do last week was with Next Gen Aviation. So I was able to go with all of Montgomery County Public Schools here in the area and take all of the sixth graders to the local airport and get them to do hands-on activities, which was super fun. Um, They got to do an indoor activity making a model plane. They learned a little bit about aerodynamics and the physics associated with flying, so lift, thrust, drag, and weight. And then they came outside. They pre-flighted a King Air or a Cessna 140 with me, and then they went in a simulator, and then they got to go up in a flight if their parents said it was okay. So for many of them here in Southwest Virginia, that was the first flight they've ever, they've ever taken. And if it wasn't, it was like the third flight they've ever taken. So they're still very, very young and very early in their journeys with traveling or whatever that might look like, especially around here. It's not super common and it's not really accessible too. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere Blacksburg. Uh, so getting to be a part of these kids' first flight was so neat. And knowing that I probably took my first flight at about two weeks old. I don't remember any of it. Of course not. I just, I've always been in a plane. Took, took my first flight at two weeks. I had my first passport at about three months. So I've, I don't remember what my first flight was. And I'm really excited that I have such a history with flying. But a part of me is kind of jealous though. I was like, I kind of want to experience flying for the first time and know what that feeling is. But to be there for the kids and get to see their faces light up and get excited like some of them kind of like turbulence it, it was kind of interesting the girls were like no I don't like the turbulence and then the boys just were eating it up they loved it so getting to be there and share their joy was awesome and I know there's many programs that do do that and hopefully they are planting seeds in young aviators but this was the first event like that that I got to be a part of as a pilot and uh, as an educator I was there as a substitute teacher as a chaperone as well as a pilot talking about aviation and at the end of the day, I whipped out my crown and sash and they're like, oh, you're also Miss United States. Wait, you do you do both? I'm like, Yes, I do. Now you're getting it. <laughs> so it was really neat to show all the hats that you can wear. That is so incredible, especially being a sixth grader. I don't know what I probably would have lost my mind. Been like, we're going to do all these activities and we're going to go fly. And then at the end of it, they feel they find out that you're Miss United States. I, I know like young Casey would have literally lost her marbles. I would have been freaked out. But like, I remember like my first flight, I think I was probably a junior in high school. We were going to DC. So it was only like, we did from Greenville, South Carolina to like Atlanta and then Atlanta to, I guess, what is that? Ronald Reagan, maybe whatever the one in DC is. 
Yeah, like the one, it's like right there because we were going to, um, it was like a youth tour trip. So they were taking us around DC and kind of like a whole history situation with the um, electric co ops of South Carolina. It was like a huge deal. They did all the different states came to do it. It was really fun. But that was the first time I had ever flown. I just remember I had a pack of gum because I was waiting for my ears to pop and I was gripping the handles of the chair so hard. <laughs> and the girl next to me was like, you can breathe. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, girl, calm down. <laughs> but I just remember that was like my first ever time that, you know, and then after that we had flown to Paris. So then now you're in the air for seven hours over the water, which was, I think was probably the best flight I had ever been on. It was so, I don't know, it was something about being over the water. I was like, I can't see anything, so I feel better. Like, I don't see buildings below me. We're not going to hit anything. Interesting. Okay. I mean, everybody has a fear of something. Just because it isn't my fear does not mean that it's not, of course, valid for somebody else. And so I've got several friends that travel frequently, but they're afraid of flying. And I'm thinking, how are you? Never mind. Step back. You're afraid of things that other people think it's no big deal. For example, I freak out with needles. I don't do well with needles. I got my COVID shot and I freaked out. My Apple Watch spiked with my heart rate and everything else. I was in bad shape. I don't do needles well at all. And uh, I realized other people do it just fine. And they can't fly. And I do it all the time. So I had to realize that it's fine. Everybody has their fear. Moving on. Offer grace and compassion. <laughs> but going back to, like you said, your crowning moment. What was it like after, you know, gracing the stage for four years, one as a teen and then two others. And then now it's the year that you won. Like, what was it like being in the final two? What was, it, what was your emotions? Like, kind of play the scene for us. Oh my goodness. Even being in top five, I was so excited about it. They called top five the night before. So they, um, they did the show a little bit differently this year. It was fine. Uh, but I was the first person called in top 10 and I was the last person called in top five. And I had to sit there and I was shockingly calm during all of competition. For some reason, I was shockingly calm. And I just wondered if that was my body's way of saying, you've prepared as much as you can. You do your best and let God do the rest. If they don't like it, that's okay. Because that means they resonated better with somebody else. And that just means it's not your year. There's a reason why. So I think I had to become very okay with and at peace with losing before I would truly appreciate the winning. And I think that part of is part of the journey as to why it took me so long to win. When I first was crowned Miss Teen Arizona in 2014, I had been competing for four years before then. And I had to be okay with losing. I had to get better at the sport. I mean, it's like anything else. So when I was called in top five, my heart just jumped because I thought, okay, you're, you're safe. You're in. You're in for the night. You're good. And then that whole next day, I had to wait 24 hours before they ranked us in fourth, third, second, first, and winner. So it was a very nerve-wracking 24 hours. But it was also one for me to make my peace with. I was like, you've made top five. This is a huge accomplishment. You are here with four other women who are also very accomplished in their fields. All of us had very different platforms and very different walks of life, which was really unique and fun because you could obviously tell there was not one cookie cutter the judges were looking for. And I don't really think that they ever are, but we were all very unique. We had very different platforms and pretty different looks as well. And so it was just really encouraging to see the diversity that we had in the group, the diversity in women and the diversity in passions that we all had as well. They really chose us for us and for what we had to say, which was really cool to see. And then being in the top two, it was California and me. It was Amanda and me. And Amanda and I actually had the same coach. So Body by Craig coached the both of us and trained us for the pageant. 
So either way, I was sitting here like, well, Craig's going to get a great year out of it. He's either he's going to get a national title either way. The two of us are standing in the top two. And I was calm. It was so strange. I, w- I was calm. And I don't know if that was my body's way of saying, you're about to freak the heck out. So you better be calm now, the calm before the storm. Or if it was just my body's way of saying, you're ready. I have no idea what it was, but they called for a stringer up California and I've been first runner-up before, but not at Miss United States. It was at a state level. And I find that sometimes when you are the first runner-up, you get pushed off to the side a little bit. You don't get to be recognized for the fact that you have also accomplished something great. So I stepped back, and I remember this because I've watched the video a thousand times as well. But I remember very vividly stepping back to make sure that whoever it was that was the first runner-up had a moment to get their picture and get uh, their flowers and everything else before the rest of the festivities fell and I stepped back and I thought, holy crap. And then I started shaking. You can tell in the video when it hit me. And that's when they said my name. They said, your Miss United States is Arizona, Samantha Anderson. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. It's been a decade of work for that one moment. And it was almost, it was really, really exciting. But the way you look at it, I didn't like drop to my knees or anything super exciting like you see sometimes. It was almost very anticlimactic until I looked at myself and I watched my body language and you could tell when it sunk in and when I heard my name and then you could see my arms start to tremble and I was so excited about it. Oh, it was unbelievable. I literally have the chills. I just, I love hearing about these kind of moments because sometimes people are like, I'm so calm. And the other moments they're like, I was screaming and praising Jesus. Like that's literally like the two like polar opposite sides, but that. Oh, like I can only imagine after, you know, 10, like 10 years of putting in hard work, time and dedication to your sport and what you really wanted and to finally have it. Like, I just feel like that's so peaceful. Like at the end of the night, you're just like, wow, I really did that. I did that. It was, it was really peaceful. And I have to say peace is one of the big words that still resonate with me about two months later about the whole week, but the crowning moment itself was hysterical my crown is giant and it did not fit my head so it fell down over my nose and over my forehead it was just comical well my fourth fourth or third runner up dang I can't remember now anyways Tabitha Ivan uh Miss Oregon she was also voted Miss Congeniality and this is exactly why she came running up to me with pulling bobby pins out of her own bun giving them to the former queen while the MC was holding the mic with like between her legs or underneath her arm taking bobby pins, holding the crown, trying to stuff them in my head. And it was a little chaotic because the crown just would not stay on. And I had flowers and I had this and I was like supposed to wave. And then I was supposed to take the microphone to say something, but I was out of hands. So Tavis <laughs> came running up to me and I got tired of like crouching down so they could put the crown on. So I squatted. I fully just went down to booty against heels. And I was like, I'm relaxed now. I'm good. So I just sat there. There's one picture of me giving my friend in the audience a thumbs up because <laughs> this is just comical. I mean, it's not going at all the way that you think it's going to go. This crown is huge. It's falling off my head. Some gracious lady is helping me by giving me her bobby pins and my legs are exhausted. And I had a really high slit in my dress and I didn't want to go flashing somebody like seconds after I had won. So I really wanted to make sure I wedged my knees to the side, then squatted and then put my skirt over just in case. So uh, it's weird the things that stick out to you after such a fun adrenaline high moment. And of course, being worried that I was going to flash the audience was was right up there, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, 
Absolutely. I feel like that is always one of the fears. It's like flashing someone, your dress breaking, tripping on stage. Like those, those make like the top three of like worst possible outcomes that could go wrong. <laughs> but no, that is so awesome though. I'm just, but that's honestly shows you what pageantry is all about. There are those good seeds in every group. And with her literally running up to you, taking like by it's almost like taking her clothing off her own back just to give to you that shows you what true friends that you have made in the pageant world whether you had known them before or maybe you competed with them for years but like that is amazing that people no matter if they won or lost like they are still helping you as the winner like that shows really good sportsmanship and i mean it's the same with any other sport because it is a sport it just looks a little bit different and so it really was cool it was like if something had happened to another player and the opposite team came up and helped them off the ground, it was a very similar idea, but we were, and I had spoken with Tabitha over the week and we kind of got to know each other a little bit. And to this day, I mean, two months later, she's still just as gracious and very, very kind. And, you know, almost always swipes up on a story that I have and says, Hey, or something like that. So you make your friends and some of them you keep for a long time. Some of them, they're just kind of social media friends that you see and just wave Hey to every once in a while, but she's consistent with it and very, very sweet. So I think it speaks uh, greatly to the character of the women that the judges chose in the top five. I think if they had chosen anyone in the top five, you would have ended up with a really great queen. And this is a perfect example of why. Yeah, that is a very true statement too, because it's nice to see. I feel like nowadays in pageants, it's not all about, okay, who's the prettiest in the group? Who's going to win? It's now about like character and what really comes from the inside, not just what their appearance has to offer. Now, does it help being a very pretty person? Absolutely. But I just think it's the character that's more taken into account today, especially like the passion that you have for your platform and what you are about is what really does, you know, make you kind of go overboard or be like on top of like a top five or being, you know, the winner. Like that's what really makes your statement and it sticks out to the judges. Mm-hmm. I mean, beauty fades. I mean, I'm standing up there with two hours worth of hair and makeup and everything else. I don't look like that every day. I mean, I'm standing here with, I've had a hair appointment today and I keep my lashes done. Other than that, we, we're not doing anything. It's, this is a day off for me. <laughs> we're not doing much. So this is the girl that you're going to get on a Zoom interview on a day hanging out with airplanes. Now, of course, I might put a little something on if, we're, if I know we're going to have a picture or something, but it, I'm not going to spend two hours to get ready every single time I have an appearance. You want somebody that's going to be there and be timely and be kind and be gracious and be a queen. I, I think of um, when in Princess Diaries, when she finds out that she's a queen and then she gets out of the car and holds the little girl's hand, asks her if she wants to be a princess, and then she walks through and everybody's like, what are you doing? You're a queen. You're supposed to be in the carriage, but giving of yourself to make the better, the day better for somebody else is what truly would make a queen. Yeah. And I, that's so funny. Cause that, that is Prince of Tyre. That's like the ultimate, like best, one of the best movies ever, but the one, uh, the picture that reminds me a lot of pageant girls and like bridal parties have been doing lately is doing the picture where they have like the not her best look not her best look and then it's like they've made a princess like those are literally my favorite tiktoks right now that are surfacing everywhere but princess diaries has some golden moments that people you gotta really be like paying attention to pick up on but i really do agree with that that is something you should be very giving from yourself and it's like that natural beauty speaks through no matter what it is and I feel like that's something that's very important that nowadays judges are noticing a lot more than just a pretty face like you said beauty fades it really does 
But we've come to that point in the podcast where I get to ask my favorite question. Are you ready? All right. So how would you say pageants have positively impacted you? In, oh my gosh, like a thousand ways. But some of the highlights, I guess, would be um, when I was growing up and flying, uh, flying was something that I did with my dad. I did it with my mom quite a bit as well, but mostly it was my dad nice thing. And so I always butted heads with my mom. We didn't quite have our thing to do. And when I started doing pageants, it was something for her and I to do together. And dad kind of got pushed to the wayside a little bit. Just There was something for girls, just for us to do together. And it was a lot of fun. And so it did a little bit bring my mom and I closer together because she was also a pageant girl back in the day. So it was something for us to talk about and bond over a little bit. And then, um, oh my goodness, uh, just the opportunity to talk about anything and everything. I mean, it's a space for you as a title holder to bring awareness to a topic that is of importance to you for some reason or another. And the year that I won Miss Teen Arizona 2014, that was the same year that both my parents died. And they died in a plane crash when I was in high school. And that, and I'm a huge advocate for the year that you have is your year for a reason. So I'd competed for four years up until then. And that fourth year, I needed that win. Did I need the win as a distraction to help me through what was going to be the worst year of my life? Um, did I need the win to show others that just because this terrible thing happened two months earlier, you can still go and you can still do the things that you want to do that you're passionate about because it shouldn't knock you down forever? Maybe. So that was a huge part of my pageant journey. And then from then on out, realizing that like, that's how I compete. I compete remembering the fun times my mom and I did together. And then also competing to show others that, of course, you can do it all. You can do women in aviation. You can do great things in male-dominated fields and still be pretty, of course. And you can still do all these other extra stuff. But you can also be resilient. And my resilience is the fact that I still fly after the fact that flying killed my family. And it's weird to say that sometimes. But I can I don't want to say I can play it from different angles, but I can play it from different angles. I can give a speech to high schoolers about valuing family, even though they're being ornery teenagers and you don't always want to say goodnight and I love you to your family. Do it because I did it. And I'm so glad that I did because before 1130 the next day, my parents had died. And if I hadn't done it the night before, I would have hugely regretted it. I can speak to elementary schools about planting seeds in young aviators' minds and giving them maybe their first flight. Um, and then I can get on stage and talk about all of this in hopefully what is a palatable way. And I think pageantry has it helped me be authentic, but a polished version of authentic. And of course, it puts me one step ahead when it comes to interviewing for a job or for anything else and just conversation. I think pageants are a great life skill. And you know, people are always like, oh, well, it's just about this and that and the other. Maybe there's going to be one in every crowd. But I think it's the same thing as when football players practice different strength and conditioning. They're exponentially better if they have some sort of a yoga or ballet background. The flexibility and the ability to hold themselves exactly right. They can be the toughest guys in the world, but most of them can't do a basic plie or something. It's a different kind of muscle that you're using, but it's a similar idea. You can be the greatest at one thing, but this background really helps you. So you could be a great interview candidate, but having a background in pageantry, knowing how to hold yourself, how to carry yourself, how to walk elegantly when something goes wrong in your wardrobe or something, uh, it puts you one step ahead of the rest. 
So all of that to say, uh, pageantry has been fantastic. It's been a great part of my life. And of course, it offers you great confidence too, because you've been knocked down many a time. And this is the first big national title that I've won, but it's also about persistence and realizing that if something had been handed to me the first time I ever wanted it, it wouldn't mean as much. And so I had to go through everything that I've had to go through in my whole journey with pageantry and competing and getting better at my sport for this to be what has all culminated together is my year. That is truly amazing. And the fact that what well, we, I mean, obviously for those listening right now, I have just met Samantha literally today, like 30 minutes ago, I just met you. And now like, I don't know, it's like the like comfortable conversation, how that just came out. Like, I'm honestly like, I give you kudos to that because I know in like my situation, I don't know how I could have handled it the way that you have. Like that is like, you took this and you ran with it. You're like, I'm going to make something out of this in a positive way and that seems like almost like pageants were you're kind of like holding for that it's like it pushed your confidence out there it pushed you to continue to be who you are no matter what has kind of stood in your way not even stood in your way but like situations that have come up that were not ever in your favor and I just want to say I am I mean from a girl that you literally just met I'm so proud of all that you've accomplished even though I have met you 30 minutes ago, you really are doing something amazing. And I cannot wait to see what you do in the future after this national title, because it really is, you've kind of cracked down on the code of how to do it. And that's awesome because it takes years to do that. And that's something that you've definitely worked hard for. Like you've got the the people in your corner that are really pushing you to be the best you that you can be. And I just want to say thank you, honestly, for being on this podcast and letting everyone hear your story and hear your experiences and how it has shaped you into the person that you are today and that's amazing and just having everyone hear that they may have met you before they may never have met you and they may never like ever meet you but just hearing that you never know who you just touched no matter where they are in the world well thank you I appreciate having the platform to do so and of course the shiny hat helps sometimes but it's opportunities like this to talk about everything on a podcast and you don't know what audience you have versus the podcast I did earlier this afternoon I don't know what audience they have either and there might be some overlap because we kind of all are in the modeling pageantry world and we happen to be connected through Virginia Tech but for the most part I don't know what circles this is getting to and so I do hope that it speaks to a circle that needs to hear it for whatever reason because I don't know what they're going through so just it's out there in the Twitterverse for somebody to hear if they need it. And of course, uh, you know, my social media is always open for anybody. And that's a really encouraging thing too. The more I share about it, it's a very unique thing. It's unusual, but I get DMs all the time. My sister's husband died in a plane crash. My grandfather died in a plane crash. My husband's dad died in a plane crash. I had no idea that this even happened to other people. I mean, of course it could happen. Anything could happen. Um, but the grouping that this has happened to and the way that this particular situation has brought together strangers in a weird way, um, it's a small community. It's like the pageant world, a small circle. People who have been negatively in fact, impact, impacted by plane accidents is a small circle, but it is nice every once in a while to hear a DM from somebody. They're like, I had no idea this even happened and to see what's going on in your life and here's how I've grown. It's really encouraging. And so you, you have to find a thorn. There's a thorn in every rose bush, but you kind of have to look at the roses a little bit. That is so amazing. I love that. And if you would like to, you can throw in your Instagram name. So those who you may may be listening and want to reach out or just give you a follow if you want to drop your Instagram handle. Yeah. So my Miss United States Instagram handle is at official Miss United States. 
And then, of course, on that page, I also have my personal one, which is at SammyGirl1223, and Sammy is spelled S-A-M-M-I-E. I, I've heard that I spell it strangely. I don't know. My dad used to call me Sammy Girl when I was a kid, and that just stuck forever. So that's my Instagram name. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciated you taking the time out of your schedule to be here to, you know, have the listeners hear your experiences and your story, but you never know what happens in the future. Guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.